Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood. <laughs> that is not a promising start, but I don't, you know, stop and start when there's an error like that. No, I power through. Hello, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube Recordalist. This show, if it can even be called a show after hijinks like that, I don't know, is one in which we will journey through all the media I have consumed. Why? Why would we do such a thing? Hmm. Well, the answer is, from my perspective, if I don't have someone, or I suppose in this case, something, being a microphone, to discuss these things with, they will just sit in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly drive me insane. Or not so slowly, as has become obvious, by the first one minute and 30 seconds of this podcast. Folks, I should say that the potential is you have not consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility because I could spoil things for you and I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, You could uh, know to some degree, to some very large degree even, uh, what things I will be discussing by reading the show notes. I wonder if anyone does. I typically for podcasts of the way 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 too many that i listen to i don't read most show notes occasionally i will from time to time or what i will quite often do if it's a podcast where the guest is uh, if i don't know who it is i'll uh, uh, open it up and look at the name of the person and then maybe google it and be like "Oh, oh yeah i know that person i'll do that a lot anyways i didn't really mean to get into this whole sidebar of what i do What you can do right now is listen as I push this button. Hmm. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Galifianakis Arboretum. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, John Wick, Chapter 3. Yes, the missus and I watched John Wick the first. John Wick 2, uh, the, the second one. Did it have another name, or is it just called John Wick 2? I don't remember. This one is titled John Wick, Chapter 3, colon, Parabellum. Interestingly long title. A title that I do believe someone like a, uh, a Jason Manzukas would make fun of on How Did This Get Made. On that note, he is, of course, in this movie. I thought his part would be bigger, but he is in it, so that's cool. If you are a, a podcast addict, hook it right up to my goddamn veins, like myself, you will know who Jason Manzukas is. If not, well, no need to trouble that, other than to become one, which you should do. Actually, if you are listening to this, I suppose the potential that you are addicted to podcasts does exist if you've gone down the rabbit hole this goddamn far. <laughs> you've made it to this thing. <laughs> Jesus. 
Wow. You need help, buddy. Or budette, if you're a woman. Because that is how that word is genderized. Which, I guess, suppose it doesn't need to be. Oh my god. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I did edit. <laughs> and that is one of those times. Super Assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassin's Guild. And with a $14 million price hike on his head, he's the target of hitmen and women everywhere. Interesting. And god damn amazing. Yeah, uh... I'm fairly confident I have given every John Wick movie a 5 out of 5, and this one is no exception. Um, somewhat surprising, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, that the misses very much enjoyed these as, as well. I, I, like, I didn't really necessarily take her uh, for an action fan. Uh, I had to talk her into watching them a little bit, and <laughs> it's actually funny. And she doesn't listen to this, so I can make fun of her with no repercussions. Um, she thought that this like had something to do with the Matrix, which that one she refuses to watch. Uh, I don't know where <laughs> where her thought processes sort of conflated this with something to do with the Matrix, how that came about, other than ov the obvious reason, but uh, she, she does realize that Keanu Reeves does movies other than the Matrix. His, he doesn't play Neo in every single... Well, you know what? Ooh. Ooh. This, this has opened up an interesting train of thought. Let's say... I don't remember what happened in the last Matrix, but let's say what does happen is he makes a deal with, with the Matrix people <laughs> uh, for the uh, uh the ability to go back into the matrix and just sort of live out any fantasy he wants to this being one of them uh pretty cool idea that the mrs obviously came up with so that must have been what she was thinking all along right right moving on to number two between two ferns the movie uh yeah from my good pal <laughs> Yeah, my, my good pal, Scott Ackerman, director and writer. Uh, good pal in the sense that uh, he has said my name on more than one occasion. A uh, dozen plus, anyways. Uh, he, in fact, appears in the show opening of this very program. So, you know, that's something. It's not nothing. It's, it's not... Nothing. Uh, if you have not seen uh, any Between Two Ferns, what are you, Under a Rock? Of, of some sort, some sort of large, maybe Patrick from Spongebob Squarepants style rock that you've been living under? Because they're uh, goddamn awesome from uh, Funny or Die originally and uh, have sort of grown into a thing of their own. Although I, I, I believe they're still in conjunction with Funny or Die for the most part. Well, this isn't. This is now... Ooh, I wonder how the rights for that work. Like um, Netflix, Funny or Die... Scott Ackerman, Zach Galifianakis, what, what sort of legal stuff is going on behind the scenes with regard to who owns what sort of stuff? Uh, probably most people don't care about that because they could just sit down and watch this delightful film in which it takes the core idea of Zach Galifianakis sort of sitting down and uh, talking with celebrities in an often not very nice to them manner and then uh, builds a movie around that as a concept to a, a, a delight, a, a goddamn delight. Zach Galifianakis as himself, question mark? Yeah, uh, sort of an interesting, who knows, blurring the lines sort of thing between movie and reality, which is always fun. Uh, easy, oh yeah, well, speaking of 5 out of 5 ratings, uh, uh, easy for me to give it one of those. 
similarly, Movie the Third. Ah, look at that for a segue. Uh, the Dead Don't Die from 2019. Also, easy for me to give out a 5 out of 5. Folks, I don't know if I've ever done three movies in one movie monologue, all of which got 5s out of 5s. This may be a first. We may have broken a record. May have to stop the podcast because, you know... It's all downhill from here, basically. Uh, the peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. From director Jim Jaramouche. Why do I think it's Jaramouche, even though it's J-A-R-M-U-S-C-H? Jaramouche. Maybe I'm conflating it, getting it mixed up with uh, Scott Amouche. Will you do the Fandango? That is potentially what's happening. A uh, very, very... The incredible cast, yeah, the, the cast will blow you away, not least of which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite actor, uh, Bill Murray. I believe I have seen every one of his movies. Um, you've got Adam Driver, who, uh, the more, like, I'm not a, a famously, I'm sure I'm using that word, probably not great well. Uh, famously, I am not a, a Star Wars guy. I haven't seen the Star Wars movie uh, because I'm a Star Trek guy. Uh, because I uh, and I haven't seen the Star Wars that has Adam Driver in it yet. Uh, I do have a plan. Well, you know what? Maybe I should revise this plan. My original plan was once all the Star Wars movies were sort of done. <laughs> I, I realize now what I'm saying is silly, but uh, there was a time when it, when it wasn't. Uh, all, all the Star Wars movies are done. I'll uh, sort of watch them from the originals all the way through. That, that, that sort of thing that I like to do for the podcast from time to time. Where, uh, for example, I watched a, a James Bond movie every week for a, a crap ton of weeks. I would do that with Star Wars films. Uh, so that was my plan. But now that they keep making them seemingly nonstop, uh, maybe I should get going on this. Uh, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll talk to my uh, cousin about it, who actually enjoys all of these too, uh, which I do. And this is what I always say. Star Wars are great movies. Uh, I've never watched one. I haven't thoroughly enjoyed. It's just, I think they are very, very overrated. They don't deserve the, 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 the praise that they do get. Uh, and one of the funny things around that as well is that, uh, I bet you, I like some Star Wars movies more than Star Wars fans like some Star Wars movies. Like, I, I don't mind the ones that people hate. They're fine. Like, I don't really... They, they don't get under my skin like they do some people. But we're not here to talk about those movies. We're here to talk about The Dead Don't Die, which is weird. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, like, like, when I watch a movie, I, I don't really uh, pay attention to... Like, I, I don't pre-research the director or the writer or anything like this. It's just I saw this is a Bill Murray movie, which I'm going to watch regardless. And then I saw it had zombies and stuff, which I love... Um, so I watched it, uh, and then, like, I'm about halfway through, I'm like, man, some of the stuff seems very weird, which I love, uh, but then some kind of familiar for some reason, and then I, I, I did a little research, and the, the Jim Jermouche uh, did a movie called Coffee and Cigarettes, and my main key was, it's RZA, right? Yeah, RZA appears in that movie, and also appears in this uh, and so does Bill Murray, so I'm, I'm starting to put things together, and then once I start looking into him, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, there, there is this connection here. Tom Waits as well, yeah, good. Um, it's weird, it's got some, some meta stuff where we're, we're talking about, you know, the script in the movie, and we're talking about the theme song of the movie, the, the actors in the movie are talking about it, like, like the, there's something weird going on there. 
the way in which zombies come about is weird. The, the, there's all sorts of weird things. And if you are somehow, some way, a longtime listener of this podcast, you will know I like weird stuff. I like weird stuff. I like zombie movies. I like Bill Murray. Uh, obviously, I'm giving this a five out of five. It goes without saying. It's needless to say, even. Let's see what I am doing now. Pushing this button. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Dryad Arboretum. Thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, okay, if you've been uh, listening along for the last a little while, I am uh, working my way through, and it's not work because it's a goddamn delight, uh, the Witcher book series by, oh god, uh, the, the, the the professional in me, which obviously doesn't exist, should have, by this point, 3N, looked on up the pronunciation of this name, so I'm going to say Andrzej Sapkowski, and that's going to probably be somewhat close. I feel like uh, I'm narrowing in. I'll tell you what, by the time I get to the fifth or sixth book, I forget which one is the last, uh, maybe I'll have it. This book is titled Baptism of Fire. Oh, me. Oh, my. It came out in 1996. Huh. For some reason, I thought it wasn't, uh, I thought it was older than that. Um, while recovering in Brokholian, that's the dryad for us, from his injuries sustained during uh, a coup. Uh, Geralt, or Geralt, but I prefer Geralt, uh, meets Milva, a hunter and expert archer. Her mastery of the bow is unequal. Definitely a sort of a ranger type if we're doing D&D classes. Um, Despite not particularly liking the convalescing witcher, she decides to follow uh, Geralt, uh, who is accompanied by Dandelion, who is obviously a bard, needless to say, uh, on his way towards Nilfgaard and hopefully Ciri. So that's sort of his lost ward, if you want to really break it down. That's uh, fine as way as I need to break it down. The journey is not easy. The war is encroaching seemingly from all directions and nearly every city is ablaze. Yeah, just sort of on that note. <coughs> sort of uh, something they do interesting in this book, which is, uh, I, I would say ballsy by the author, but uh, ended up working off, working well, is typically in a fantasy setting when uh, there are giant battles and big wars happening, that is going to be the focus of the book. But these characters in this are purposely trying to avoid that, uh, and spoilers, to great success. Like, we never really see, we see some of the aftermath, but we never really see big sort of large-scale battles, which uh, it was sort of a fascinating something you don't really get to see in fantasy novels, this this behind-the-scenes trying to uh, smartly avoid these things that if you get uh, uh, pulled into them likely are going to mean your death of course you're going to try to go around and avoid and sometimes it's not possible and sometimes you get caught and sometimes you have to be rescued and all sorts of cool stuff like that that uh, that the author was able to do because they did something a little different so i very much like that um yeah so why don't i leave it at that with my rating uh, yeah, we have some cool parts with uh, Siri herself. Uh, she gets embroiled among the rats, quote unquote, which is like a thieve guild—not a guild, a, a group, a band of thieving punks. Yeah, a bunch of punks. These rats, uh, and she sort she changes her name to Falca, and she really sort of turns to the dark side a little bit. So, so that was interesting to see. Uh, and, and I think I mentioned in the first two books that this seems to be a, a sort of prequel 
to the uh, Witcher 3, the video game. Or at least they used uh, potentially a lot of this for their, 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 their sort of world building, I guess you would say. Uh, rating, rating, yes. Uh, I, I think, again, easy 5 out of 5, man. Uh, in terms of things played and watched and read in this we're gonna do pretty pretty good scores wise i will say so yeah, i'm pushing button Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is HAL 8999, which is a computer chip to regulate the evilness of Space Station AI. Thank you for that sponsorship. Much appreciated. Uh, going to be doing, uh, at least it's my game plan, we'll see how well I do at it, uh, some Steam cleanup, which I feel like I haven't done uh, for quite a while. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with my Steam cleanups, uh, whenever there is a sale, um, you know, your Steam summer sales, your Steam winter sales, your blah, 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 uh, I will, uh, if things sort of uh, jump out at me at these amazing prices that happen during these events, I will purchase them, and then uh, I will have a crap ton of games that I have to play, and occasionally... I will see I have a crap ton of, ton of games that I haven't played yet. Uh, not occasionally, just about all the time. It's it's happening constantly. I, I should stop buying games, but uh, it's addictive and whatever. Whatever. I don't have kids. I can, I, I can buy all the games I want. No kids equals more games, ironically. Anyways, um... So my, my, my game plan is to do some, some cleaning up of those unplayed games. Games like Event Zero. Oh. Um, came out in 2016. A uh, bit of a... Uh, I think quite often these games are called walking simulators, which make them sound boring, so that's not really a fair thing, because this was not boring. It was very, very fun. In fact, geez, can I go 5 out of 5 for this as well? For but yeah, I think I might. Um, for the purposes also, okay, I'll tell you what. It is just shy of a five out of five. I'm giving it a five out of five because so far this episode I've given everything a five out of five, and I want to stay consistent. And this is what non-professional reviewers of things do. Shit like this and swear. You heard it. Uh, it's set in an alternate timeline where humanity, I didn't know that, <laughs> achieved interplanetary space travel as early as the 1980s. I didn't know this was an alternate timeline, actually. That's, uh, apparently that doesn't play into the story too, too much. Um, so basically you're, you're, you arrive at the space station where, um, as quite ha often happens in video games when you arrive at a space station, uh, crap has gone awry. A very awry. There's no one there, and you're basically trying to figure out what happens while simultaneously trying to save yourself, because how are you going to get off this thing, right? Um, the way in which you act, uh, um, interact with the world is, is, is where this game shines, I think. Uh, there is walking around and just sort of clicking on things and, and reading things, and sort of your typical, again, walking simulator type stuff. It, it's all done in a very cool sci-fi a sort of sometimes dark and spooky, sometimes beautiful atmosphere, uh, but where uh, where it really sort of differs itself is um, you're interacting with the artificial intelligence of the ship through a uh, a keyboard, and when I say keyboard, I mean your keyboard on your actual computer. 
So you'll go up to a computer in the game, and they're all over the place. There's usually one per room sort of thing. Uh, or one per door is maybe even more accurate. One per room, one per door, somewhere like that. Uh, and, and what you do, you'll sort of uh, focus on the screen uh, of this computer, and uh, in front of the computer will be a keyboard, and you will use your actual keyboard in real life to, you know, type things. You'll type, um, uh, please turn on lights, or uh, uh, please open this door, and you'll have, like, actual interactions with this computer, and you can get pretty elaborate, and it's uh, very reminiscent if you ever played those uh, point-and-click adventure games from back in the day, or things like where... Uh, Leisure Shoot Larry, those those games where you have to type like uh, open uh, open door with key, like like, like things like that. Like you, you, and, and the other cool thing is like you you can just say the actions, but if it says right at the beginning, and I think it's true that if you're a little more elaborate, like um, I would always say please and thank you, and I was always be nice, and sometimes I would throw some flourishes in, and it almost seemed to respond different with that. So there is like in this game where there's an artificial intelligence pretending to be an artificial intelligence, it's actually a bit of a real life artificial intelligence somewhere, kind of like on on some small degree. Like you'll say things like sometimes you try to be you know funny and say things like uh, eat a banana or or something total like a total non sequitur and it's going to be like i don't know what you're talking about uh but to some degree it will have just sort of cool interactions and that's why i'm giving it a high mark uh i also played and, and, and uh, to be honest i'm not 100 percent sure if i had played i, I feel like i have uh, left for dead 2 yeah uh, according to steam i had never played it but i feel like and you know what this is a good audience participation although i suppose i could just google it have you ever had um on steam played a game and it, it'll tell you how long you've played the game or at the very least how long you've had the program open of the game um and it said i'd never played it before but uh Maybe I'm conflating it with uh, Left 4 Dead. Have I said conflating a lot this episode for some reason? Hmm, that's weird. Uh, the first Left 4 Dead. Maybe that's it. So, uh, anyways, uh, nothing wrong with that. They're they're both fun games. They're they're almost identical though. So if you played one, maybe it's no surprising that I I, I don't so much not remember playing this one if I played the other one. Uh, it still holds up. Still fun. Uh, played online a little bit. Still some people playing online, which is pretty incredible for a game that came out so long ago. Uh, if you've never played Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, uh, check them out. You can play single player too, which my gaming leans in that direction. So, you know. Uh, oh, rating wise, I can't give it a 5. Maybe, oh, okay, how about this? If I got this game, when it came out, and I played... Uh, with all my friends, most of which don't play video games, if they learned how to play video games and we all sort of sat around and had a party where we played Left 4 Dead and uh, had a bunch of drinks, maybe had uh, we had a pe- delicious pizza delivered with all my favorite toppings, um, maybe uh, smoked a little of the old uh, devil's lettuce, uh, maybe kissed my f- kissed a girl for the first time. <laughs> Anyways, if all these things conflated to happen at once, this game would get a 5 out of 5. Okay. Oh, cray. <laughs> Charlie! Charlie bit me! Is this real life? Internet intercourse. I like turtles! 
Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Northwest Territories Burger, which is, of course, just a frozen patty between two chunks of snow. Mmm. Item the first, Storyteller's Guide with Satine Phoenix. Yes, uh, what a, a delight. Um, saw Satine Phoenix on Twitter post something the other day regarding this. Uh, and I hadn't seen her post anything about it before. So, uh, apparently, and this is not surprising because it was a question I had considered asking her, um, but then, uh, of course, have the realization that millions of, well, I don't know about millions, but uh, people have surely asked her this a bunch of times and it probably gets annoying. But the question I was going to ask is, um, does she, uh, will she ever do more... Uh, 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 DM Tips with Satine Phoenix, which is a, a show I have spoken of on this podcast, or did, at least, back when it was on very, very highly, because it, it was a delight. Um, so, apparently, someone else had asked her this, and uh, she posted that she has now on a YouTube channel... Uh, you know what I should have... On a YouTube channel, it's called a Storyteller's Guide with Satine Phoenix, and it is not dissimilar to uh, DM Tips. Uh, it takes a little bit of a different route into Dungeons & Dragons, or role-playing games, not necessarily Dungeons & Dragons, um, from the perspective of uh, how to break a story is kind of how you can maybe boil it down from the perspective of, uh, or using the tools of, let's say, uh, her and a couple of other DMs and storytellers sitting down and literally live breaking a story. So uh, they'll have some prompts maybe or some general guidelines, but they'll sit there and just come up with a story you could use in your campaign, a story you can use as your campaign. And uh, it was a delight to watch these. There's uh, 12 of them available. I actually, uh, this was so nice of her too. Uh, I... I, I uh, tweeted, no, Facebook, something at her. Um, I, I was upset that I didn't know this was a thing, and, but then also happy that now I had a bunch of them to binge watch, which is exactly what I did. And uh, she sent me back a couple of hearts, so that was nice uh, to have a, a friendly interaction with the Teen Phoenix. Uh, feels good, and it's not the first time either. She's a, she's very active on Twitter and, and, and such, so um, it was nice to, uh, to have that, uh, and I recommend you check these out. Uh, one thing that made me sort of like them even more is um, I know I've said this before, uh, I often don't, or, or very infrequently, yeah, let me put it that way, very infrequently, if ever, have thought I was, you know, good at things. But uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, l l let me say it that way, sometimes I feel like I'm actually good at D&D, uh, at being a DM. <laughs> so that's rare for me. So the potential, uh, the potential exists that I am good at it for the reason that I don't normally think I'm good at things and I think I'm good at it. So uh, uh, on that note, uh, by this time, by the time this is out, if I do believe, yes, that'll be right. Um, you can uh, go on over to uh, YouTube and type in the alphabetical DM and you'll see me talking about D&D uh, and rating all the monsters, spells, and locations that exist within the Forgotten Realms, uh, and one of the reasons I decided to do that is because of things like Satine Phoenix uh, and her, uh, her her media out there, so, you know, thanks for that. Appreciate. Uh, moving on to David Tell and Gilbert Godfrey on Something's Burning. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, a, a fun episode. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey, hey, in the show opening. You know, why not? We had uh, a mention of Scott Ackerman in Movie Monologue. Let's mention 
Gilbert Gottfried in Internet Intercourse. Uh, he, <laughs> he's just fun to watch. Like he's, uh, I don't know if he's got the. I've said this about Jeff Goldblum and probably Bill Murray as well. Uh, someone who I feel like could just sit and read a phone book and make it interesting. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried has some of that for sure. Uh, just just a sort of interesting dude to see other people interact with him and the the the, the sort of clear uh so obvious admiration that david tell has for gilbert despite you know making fun of him throughout uh was fun to watch uh so i recommend that just like i also recommend everything in internet intercourse like burger scholar george motts on the burger show yeah uh, well, the burger show with host calvin oh i forget his last name uh nice guy great host uh, uh, knows a thing or two about burgers, but even he will sort of uh, bow down to the knowledge of uh, George Motts, who I, I, I feel like could easily have his own burger-related show that I would uh, watch for hours. One thing he excels at in particularly is his knowledge of regional sort of uh, uh, twists on the burger. Uh, so this episode had three of those sort of strange regional uh, ways of doing them. Uh, they usually look good. One of them didn't look great, <laughs> but uh, I recommend you go check those out. Uh, next we have the crafting of Matt Mercer's DM screen. Yeah, uh, Matt Mercer, you know, the most famous DM, question mark? Probably, I would assume. Um, he's obviously going to be, uh, uh, with that sort of stature, comes the ability to have a company like Wormwood make a DM screen custom for you. So uh, this was the sort of uh, uh, behind the scenes of the making of that in the shop with all the woodworking and all the cool little things about it. Uh, I like to watch people build things. This reminded me of... I almost don't know why. I, I feel like um, Ron Swanson... Oh, what the hell's his name? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's just say Ron Swanson, even though that's not right. Uh, it's just literally on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson. That's repeatedly saying Ron Swanson is not helping. Nick Offerman. Oh, it did help. Uh, doesn't that feel good when you do that? When, when it's like so, so very close, and yet it feels like you're never going to get it in a million years, and you're about to give up, and then it strikes you like a bolt of goddamn... Nick Offerman lightning. Uh, anyways, I watched a video about some some of the things he did in his woodworking shop, and I feel like uh, uh, watching people build things in woodworking shops is relaxing. Yeah, uh, it's it's things I wish I could do. Like I've I've, I've done some very small things uh, on small scale, nothing nothing near to what these guys are doing. But it it is a good feeling to work with your hands and have something you know done when you're when you're finished with your work so to see people who excel at it is uh i don't know it's just like calming and and, and this had the the integration of D D. uh you know what on that note though the kind of the uh, funny thing i don't actually use a dm screen i uh use just a laptop uh I, even for dice uh, i i don't use dice i, I just use a, a, a the wizards of the coast has a uh, not an app, just a website where you can go and you can click and you can have a bunch of dice. You can even have some custom ones. Like uh, I use a D200 for a crit and fumble table. So uh, that makes it easy. I can just push a button and it'll give me a random number. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but but despite that, if I were to have a DM screen, man, I would like one of these ones. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty goddamn awesome. Okay, uh, last but not least, we throw a honorable mention to Felicia Day. Apparently she's got a new book out, so uh, I've been seeing her sort of going around a little bit, working working the boards, 
that's not a thing, I don't think. Uh, but, but, but one thing in particular jumped out at me is she was on Dude Soup, uh, which is the podcast uh, from the good people over there at Funhouse, who I have spoken of very highly for uh, a number of years. Uh, so uh, it was a world's colliding that I didn't think would be worlds that would ever collide. Um, and, and it was delight. Uh, they had, uh, who did they have? Uh, so they had Alana, they had Elise, uh, Adam, and Felicia. They, they did a podcast uh and one thing i like loved about it as well is you could tell the, the the three were fans of felicia as well so uh that i liked uh, they didn't like fan out necessarily but but you could just tell that they sort of knew of her had read her books and and just had sort of watched her her internet career over the years so uh, it was fun to see because uh, i feel like i would be the same way actually i did okay you know what let's end with a plug for myself i had the pleasure myself of meeting uh, felicia day uh, I guess it was two-ish years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. She was at a uh, uh, Fan Expo Toronto, would it be 2018, I do believe. Yes, uh, it should be that. And uh, I got her autograph on Nerd Cane. What's a Nerd Cane, you might ask? Well, if you were to go over to uh, uh, Google or Facebook or any number of places or uh, a nerdywebsite.com, that's my website. Um, you could type in Nerd Kane Adventures. Oh, uh, you can go on Instagram and search Nerd Kane. And what you will see is a cane autographed by many nerdy celebrities also simultaneously. Well, not simultaneously, but also held by hundreds, if not thousands at this point, of cosplayers as I take their picture. Why have I done this thing? Well, you're just going to have to go and listen to one of those special Nerd Cane Adventures episodes to hear why. Oh, that's a double tease. Folks, we did it. We did it. That was a fun episode, I think. I don't know, to be honest with you. I can no longer tell. My emotions have been burnt out by the world. Yay. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper